You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our continued Amazing Race Australia season four coverage here on the Oz Network as we continue into the fifth week of our coverage as we are on the penultimate week we are one week away from the epic finale um which hopefully will have a dramatic twist otherwise we know who's got this locked and loaded and it's going to come away with hundred fifty thousand dollars but we'll hold our breath and hope that maybe we get a change up in the last bit but seeing how things have gone maybe not who knows uh, as always i am your non-australian host rossi and I am joined by not a Canadian guest, but our Australian host, our master, our expert on all things Australia, amazing race and uh, paddle boats and boards and everything. It is Mr. Jared. Jared, welcome. Thank you. It's it's great to be back. I can't believe that we're already in the um, yeah second last week of the show. It's gone by that quickly. This season has gone by so quickly. I. It wasn't until today that I looked at the Wikipedia and I was like, wow, we're literally two legs away from the end of this show. Like, it's it's crazy to me that in like a few days time, we'll have two new winners to chalk up on the Amazing Race, you know, stat boards of winners of all time or whatever. But man, crazy. Yeah, it's, it's weird to think that if this was any other season, we'd right now just be at the halfway point. Um, it's like... Chris and Adrian would have just gone home if this was any other version of the show. It would have just been been the best episode yet. (laughs) We've only been at the best episode. We wouldn't have had this dramatic U-turn vote or crazy challenges, laundry folding and everything. We would have, yeah, we were so young and naive back then, but look at this now. Uh, so this week we had some interesting stuff going on. Uh, we had our first, you know, U-turn vote for the Australia. No, second for U-turn vote for the Australia series because we took it from you. Uh, we had some awkward conversations. We had crazy, boring challenges, but some crazy hard challenges. It had a. I thought it was action-packed. You obviously don't remember it too well, but I don't. Based on that, you don't seem to be a big fan of this week of episodes. Well, like from memory, I thought it was good. I just can't remember really what happened. I'm hoping that it'll come back to me throughout. I feel like both the legs were very much the um, in the vein of let's help the locals do their daily tasks. Um, we really got back to that kind of racing where um, – Let's uh, do their washing. Let's sew them some new shirts. Let's sort out their peanuts. Um, everybody in Malawi um, had a nice couple of rest days while um, the racers picked up the slack. Yeah, the sorting fish, you know, uh, getting their puzzle pieces out of the water. Yeah, building <laughs> had- bricks for their houses. <laughs> yes. I'm surprised we didn't get any commentary from Jasmine, how she was honored to be contributing to the young newlywed couple. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, so episode nine, we started standard. 
we're going to just start the teams. Everyone's going to be there, and then we're going to be in the new country, Malawi. I did appreciate the beginning because uh, Bo was like, we're, they're going to Malawi. There's all these, like, there's the heat. There's the humidity. There's this. There's that. What could go wrong? And he's like, heaps. <laughs> and it's just like a good way to start. I think those are the moments where he's really starting to shine, and I feel like he's gotten a lot better over these last few legs. Only one hug in two episodes. I think that's a huge win. Yeah, definitely. I'm. I feel like everybody's kind of getting used to the hosting style. Maybe not the hugs, but he's feeling very um, like he's gotten into the groove a lot less stiff than when he first started. And I'm really loving his interactions with uh, the locals and the pit stop greeters. Yes, despite the fact that it's this one-sided conversation that seems to go nowhere, but it's still fun. And then his kind of commentary that he does a little bit is fun. You could see the sport in him, like the athlete, the professional athlete coming out in terms of commentary and just kind of trying to chat and be funny. Uh, but I'm starting to grow on it. And the hugs have gone down, so it's a lot more, uh, you know, it's a lot better than what we've been getting. <laughs> And then we sort of jump right in. Uh, we have another airport greeter. This time it's not a woman spitting tea or whatever. It's uh, it's Bo, and they're doing the first uh, U-turn vote. It, how'd you think of the format? Because it was a little different this time. Like last time they did it on the Australian, they did the, the like, pick a, a little placard, and then you'll put it down, and then they'll reveal it in this dramatic way. Uh, in the U.S., they did it in, like, the city hall or whatever, where they had to do it in front of each other. This time it was, like, a, you tell him, and then it's a mystery. Although they sort of figured it out before then, like, but I didn't know how they would have announced it, because we never really got to see that, because Tim and Rod figured out that they were U-turned before we would have seen it. So how'd you feel about the format, the way they set it up this time? I think it was okay. I think it's definitely been done better, I would say, the first time around. I liked from memory the first time around that it was at the very, like, beginning of the leg as, as they're, like, departing, um, uh, like, the pit stop or check out or whatever you want to call it. Um here it felt weird that obviously they'd arrived and they'd kind of made up some random order for of the teams to come out and you could tell the other teams were just waiting inside. Like it felt weird having that um, waiting period for other teams. Like it felt like it kind of blo- broke up the momentum I felt a bit. Um, but I liked the fact that it wasn't like a public vote um, because even though Tim and Rod were U-turned here anyway, I think in a public vote um, – there's less chance of like a Tom and Tyler or somebody within the Alliance being U-turned. So I feel like they gave the contestants space to turn on one another. And even though that didn't happen, I feel like that's a, kind of a better way to do it. Cause if this is a public vote, it may mean granted it turns out exactly the same, but I feel like there's no incentive for the teams to break the Alliance and vote for Tom and Tyler. Um, but yeah, I liked the kind of thread throughout the episode of like Tim and Rogers asking everybody like, who did you U-turn and, and the awkwardness of it. Um, we talked earlier about um, the Australian advertising of this where before the episode even airs, um, they're, like all their promos are about it's the um, big U-turn vote and they like spoiled straight away that everybody <laughs> votes for Tim and Rod, the big, there's a big new threats in town. Um, so that was kind of a little bit disappointing to know before the leg even aired that they're just going to spoil who was U-turned. Um, but you know, that's uh, Australian advertising for you hype up the big moments and who cares about the big reveal. 
Yeah, we did get some sort of dissent among who should vote for. I think Jasmine and Jerome were the ones that are like really debating, like, what should we do? Uh, they, eventually, uh, they eventually decided to do it on Tim and Rod, which at the moment I was like, why just do what you want to do anyway? But it didn't seem to, it wouldn't have mattered anyway based on kind of since they were separate it didn't really matter because they were just gonna be like they were gonna be the lone sort of like a three two vote and it wouldn't have changed anything so in hindsight i think it worked better for them that they kind of went with the majority Uh, but they were the one team that really kind of debated what was right uh and i I kind of appreciate that there were some teams that actually like uh, like they're they're the one team that was trying to think strategic of it and say who would we rather uh, kind of get out of the race versus who we think we can work with in the future two, three legs. Yeah, it's definitely interesting the U-turn, like how you're going to use it strategically. Um, I think, like I said, with the blind like vote, there's definitely more incentive to like U-turn Tom and Tyler here. And then if it comes up that, oh, hey, like actually Tim and Rod have the majority of the votes, you can easily, I think, kind of hide under, oh, yeah, we U-turn them as well because nobody knows the exact number of who voted who. Um, But, yeah, I like that Jasmine and Jerome had some thought of the strategy here um, because, I mean, you kind of got the two options here. Like, do you U-turn the strong teams or are you U-turning at the, like, is this a chance to U-turn, like, Nick and Femi or Viv and Joey to, like, just ensure that you're getting through this episode? Any of the votes surprise you, or was that just like, yeah? I mean, I guess you weren't surprised because you saw that Australian ad that said. But did anything surprise you? Like, were you like, why did Nick and Femi, or why did Viv and Joey, like, anyone? I think I was kind of surprised that the alliance was so strong at this point because we saw just a couple of episodes ago where you have Jerome and Jasmine and Viv and Joey only sharing information with each other and not sharing it with Tom and Tyler. So it felt like the alliance was really falling away. Like, I don't think we got any indication that Nick and Femi were included with anybody in the race, Um, but that's probably was just um, due to them being lost all the time and not really having an opportunity to work together with anybody else. So it surprised me that this far in that the alliance was still so strong and and the fact that the producers had kind of shown it breaking apart and then evidently um, everything was kind of coming back together and there was always this big plan to work together to get to be the final uh, uh, final three teams, which obviously didn't work out for, for them moving forward. Yeah, I was most surprised by Nick and Femi out of the vote just because – like you said, we never saw them be a part of this alliance. Like we knew, you know, Viv and Joey and Jasmine Drome and Tyler and Tom had something going on, like whether it was like a solid alliance of the three or whatever. Uh, and then we obviously knew Sid and Ash worked with Tim and Rod. So like obviously we get the division. It just seemed really weird that they were still there in terms of the alliance. But obviously there's some, a lot of that's just kind of stuff we're not getting to see from the edit of the show. Uh and I loved the moment, like when they're at the peanut sorting challenge, where they're just like, "So, would you U-turn?" And a lot of them just didn't say anything for a while, and they're like, "Okay, we get it." Like, and they're like, "Yeah, it was you." Like, just the awkwardness and the slow, like drawn, drawn outness of it. Like, it was just, it was great. I love. I thought it was like one of the best moments we've gotten on the race so far. It was just, just super great over this challenge of sorting peanuts with dust flying everywhere. It's just great. 
Yeah, I thought um, this was kind of like a good couple of episodes character-wise for Tim and Rod. Um, I loved the geography issues again with the <laughs> is like Malawi in Hawaii after we got the Zimbabwe bobsled team um, the week before. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just it was fun to see kind of everybody working out who voted for who, and I think it was particularly like Viv and Joey who just like would not respond and just pretend like that they couldn't hear them and were just working on their own thing. And like you said, the setting of it being in this peanut challenge where uh, Jasmine is just throwing out all the peanuts straight away. Uh, it was just it was an interesting spot to have this confrontation and then like the way it played out of just the awkward sciences I thought was really good TV. Uh, one thing just quickly touching back on the U-turn itself, I will say like huge props to Tom and Tyler, despite the fact that they have won like seven or something legs at this point or six. I don't know what this would have been before this leg started have set them up so well that they're not even an option in some team's eyes to be U-turned. Like, they're just Tom and Tyler. They're just the competitors. They're not, like, a threat. Like, to some people, it's just crazy that they've managed to set themselves up in this, like, in immune position. Like, so I give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I think I agree. I think especially, like, the U-turn is nearly always either the biggest threats or a team that, like, villainous and people don't like and with Tim and Rod it was more just that they fell outside of this alliance it's not that people don't like them at this point it seems so yeah the fact that they could so that um, Tom and Tyler socially set themselves up to not be U-turned after winning like an incredible amount of legs at this point um, was really impressive and just shows that um, social game evidently is still important in the amazing race especially on Australian television it matters Mm. all about the mateship yes I mean, this is the first real mateship situation we've had all season, I would say, right? Yeah, like, you've got, like, Little Alliance stuff, but that's not um, exclusive to Australian Amazing Race. But this, yeah, this was the real, oh, no, we, I could never U-turn somebody I've, I've worked with before. Um, what will the public and my family and friends think of me? Um, yeah, this was very uh, throwback to Australian Survivor Season 1. <laughs> The, the new season one or the old season one? Uh, both. <laughs> true, true. 1.1 and 1.2. Yeah. Uh, but we got our first, the first challenge of this uh, episode was our traditional root info task, which is the peanut sorting, which we both love. I thought some of the funness was a lot of the Tim and Rod situation that they were sort of figuring out, but also there was so much of the challenge, the whole people swarming around them, like kids coming in and everything like dust flying, Jasmine throwing out her whole basket. And then other teams like Nick and Femi seemed a little lost, even though they got it first, it was just a crazy challenge. And I thought, you know, we weren't paying too much attention to what they were doing, but it was still fun to watch. Yeah, agreed. Um, I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of um, – they weren't very scrupulous on what was in these bags that they're weighing. So it's the <laughs> yeah. fact that they were see-through is meant to expose if they've kept any of the shells in there. But it didn't look very strict at all. Um, it didn't look like – yeah, there was much of a sorting. And lots of – not in this challenge per se, but lots of helping out in these legs from the locals um, <laughs> throughout both of them. And um, there was they, they made a big deal in the kind of reading of the instructions that there was only one scale for all teams. 
Uh, and I was just like flashbacks. So don't touch the scales. It's gonna. It's mm. against the rules. Uh. Yeah, they made sure this one was bolted to the ground so you couldn't um, swivel it round facing the opposite way. Yeah, so no cheating with the scale this time, which we was we were glad to see. And then after that, this the detour, which we already knew who was going to be U-turn, which was stack, which is the charcoal bag stacking, and then stitch, which was our traditional amazing race showing sewing shirts. Uh, which is a little more complicated. I don't know what other past shirt sewing challenges have been, but this one seemed pretty intricate with having the pocket and all the sort of other seams that you had to kind of mend together. And then the stack side of it was charcoal stacking in this bag that doesn't have the, you know, the covering doesn't go all the way up. So you have loose charcoal. You got to make sure you tie it in tight. And it seemed a little bit harder. We never saw any team fail, although some teams said they struggled, but we never really saw any sort of issues with it. Uh, my issue mainly with the challenge was that they were like, you have to take this thing and transport it to through the busy market streets. But it like looked like they only had to go like 20 feet to the left and it was there. Uh, so I don't quite understand the, the issue of transport, but I think the challenges were cool. I had no issue with them. Thought they were interesting opposites. Yeah, I agree. I think the charcoal seemed, yeah, definitely more difficult in theory with the whole, uh, yeah, transport it after you finished to, to like a location. And then I agree, it seemed like it was five, ten meters away that they had to walk this bag, um, which really obviously threw off other teams because Viv and Joey, that was the sole reason that they didn't do this challenge was uh, like, I don't think we're going to be, I think we can stack the charcoal, but I don't think we're going to be able to move it to where it's meant to go. Um so interesting there that the clue was a little bit misleading. Um, but, yeah, overall, I agree. Nice to have um, kind of a physical challenge that didn't turn out to be too physical. And then this attention to detail um, sewing challenge, um, which I think was fun. The sewing challenges is always a little bit different. It's kind of a staple. But this one, I think, from memory, kind of one of the first ones to be, like, outside in, in like, a busy market. Um, so fun to have something slightly different. And this was kind of hyped up on the ads, too, as where uh, Viv was meant to shine in this according to the ads and then Tim and Rod were meant to really struggle so some good misdirection to make up for the obvious who was being U-turned they gotcha mm. and the, obviously Joe, Viv and Joey really like were like debating like which they should choose and that ended up being like a huge decision uh, they ended up going for the the challenge that set them back the, sort of a lot of time because this was what uh, really killed their kind of lead because they were in there. No, they did they leave the peanuts last or do you remember who left that? I don't. I feel like they didn't leave last. Did was it like Jerome and Jasmine who left the peanuts last? I think it wasn't Viv and Joey. Um, it felt like they were kind of in amongst it at this stage, and then choosing the sewing really. Um, set them back back a lot and yeah there was such debate over this that i thought like from my end watching that like viv would be the one who was like i don't want to do the stacking because like flashback to the bucket carrying challenge um but she was really for kind of doing the most physical challenge and it was joey who was talking her out of um picking that option yeah and at this point i think was it in the uh Charcoal, oh, no, it was at the brick making, I think, where teams are really starting to like help each other. And they were like, 
Oh, no, it was at the charcoal because I remember Tom or Tyler was like, hey, Jasmine, Jerome, come over here. The challenge is here. And like other teams were trying to like navigate and they were helping each other. I was just like shocked. We're at like top five and teams are still like going out of their way to help others. Like, and this was the most minor of all the helps in this two legs. Like, I just thought it was crazy that we're still getting this. Yeah, it felt like there was like a plan almost to like shut out Tim and Rod. Um, but I think as the episode went on, it just like the teams kind of dropped that because it just was unfeasible because Tim and Rod caught up so quickly. I mean, they smashed through the charcoal challenge and then like struggled a little bit, but hardly at the stitching um, on the machines. So, um, yeah, props to them for, for a really well run leg this episode. Yeah, and even when they were struggling, they managed to, like, take a breather, refocus, and then sort of bounce back and sort of get their focus. Like, they, you know, Rod really struggled at kind of Rod's struggle, like, because he struggled at the sewing, and then he'll struggle later at that uh, puzzle task where he tried to under decipher the language. So, uh, we'll get to that. There, but, yeah, amazing leg, and it's interesting to see who was really sort of helping what and kind of figuring out things together. And so they do another root info task. This was a, a le- uh, challenge-heavy legs. Two, two legs were so many challenges. Uh, so now they have to do make, uh, make, uh, brick making geez, uh, out of the clay with the water. And so they have to kind of transport the water and make the molds. But some teams, Viv and Joey and Nick and Femi, were like making sand bricks and they were falling apart. And some were just too watery and others were just dust in the wind like it was just a mess for some of the teams and through some of the commentary like they were saying they were there for hours trying to figure this stuff out and trying to get it all sorted and it's just really crazy that or not crazy but really amazing that some teams actually really struggled because at first it was just like seemed really standard like an easy challenge but then you know it gave chance for Tim and Rod to actually catch back up and sort of really advance here this challenge reminded me so much of the the poo bricks from season two uh, with Lucy and Amelia sort of telling all the other teams how to make it. Um, just a great callback to old challenges. Yeah, I like this challenge. I think it was it was good to have a really um, physically tough challenge, but something that also required real attention to detail in how they were making the bricks. Um, just watching the like example probably and just using clay instead of sand and although similar complaint across many of the legs of this season this was another moment of I felt really lenient judging um like it felt like it started harsh on like the teams actually bricks looked good um so we had kind of like Tom and Tyler and Jerome and Jasmine get like a couple of knockbacks for what seemed kind of average uh, okay bricks and then teams like Viv and Joey and Nick and Femi got some rejections but even at the end like their bricks just looked terrible um like you know these weren't um going to be sold at the market this is kind of um or maybe like discounted rate for the bricks that those teams made um yeah this wasn't a helpful to the locals the bricks that they made um just really dodgy in shape color texture just um yeah, some some weird bias judging, I think, at this point. Yeah, it was just um, so enjoyable to see some of the teams. Like, Nick and Femi's were just so bad. Like, it was unbelievably how bad that theirs were. Like, 
some of these were just so sad and it, I mean it was great I love when some teams really struggle with these tasks because um, I think a complaint has been throughout the season is that we've said that like these tasks are like kind of stock standard and like teams are just kind of doing it and there's nothing really intricate about it but like now that team now that we're kind of getting closer to the end we see that their teams are actually struggling with some of these challenges and even though it's a root info which is something that like normally on the u.s is just like uh, go to this store and pick up your next clue or do this flower picking task like this is an actual tough challenge that brought a lot to the the race and really sort of mattered in terms of where you finished at the end of the day like these the teams that struggled here really were at the back of the pack mm, and and like once again here we see just how good tom and tyler are at the race where in the space of being there with behind jasmine and jerome they over like they get in front they also like make more bricks than they need to so that the bricks taken away they've still like meet the quota of how many bricks they needed to make like they're just powering through um, the challenges at this point. Yeah, it's crazy that they're good at almost everything. I think they would struggle if the, uh, a root info task was sewing a shirt, but we would know because that was a detour. And then the sort of teams after this, they have to go do another task where they have to, uh, one team member has got to do, it's a weird challenge where like it's split up for like just a root info task, but one person getting instructions to find the bag of clue pieces or puzzle pieces in the language that they speak there. I don't even know what they properly said it was, but, and then the other person's got to kind of receive the t- instructions and sort of figure out where this um, brightly colored uh, sack of puzzle pieces is in the middle of this empty water. Uh, I liked that the, the puzzle, not the puzzle, the, the the language part of it was a lot more intricate and complicated. I thought that obviously a difficult language for kind of English speaking people to pick up. But on top of that, there were words that weren't used. Like there was like back, front, left, side, right, up, down, like canoe, pole. Like it was just so many things. And then there were phrases at the bottom as well. So it really kind of like there was a lot of things to look at, but you didn't need everything. So like kind of complexity within that and some teams – we're hearing the same thing, but like gave different instructions. So it's interesting to see who picked up on one, what they were actually doing with it. Um, I will complain, however, about the um, like fan made amazing race puzzle that they had to solve on this like little wooden peg on the beach. Like, like (laughs) so sad, so pathetic. Uh, They, a lot of the teams were holding the puzzle just to get it checked. Like they couldn't even like, let go of it without it falling apart like puzzle was a letdown but i think that the the setup for it was great and then we got that great race between like jasmine and tom i think it was where they were both found the pieces at the same time and they were running back and they were running together and they had to solve the puzzle and they were again like their finish race to the end was like seconds apart i think that was a great sort of part for them too like just that whole breakdown of everything that happened between those two teams as well yeah, I feel like this was a, a bit of a missed opportunity to make this a roadblock. Um, and I just wish that it just was a little bit confusing as to whether like the puzzle pieces, all the bags were in the same spot because they really seemed like teams were going off in opposite directions. So I'm not sure if 
um, the guy speaking is giving them all clues to where every single bag is or what was going on there. I just felt like the bags weren't in the general same direction. Um, I hated that they were so brightly colored and like the teams are finding them basically off like no information or the wrong information, it seems. Um, so I felt like there was an opportunity here to make this a roadblock where somebody's doing all of it, um, have all the bags in the same spot maybe, or just making them a bit more difficult to find, like bury them in the sand. I just felt like the difficulty level, as much as it was really hard to decipher what the guy was saying, I feel like there was no penalty for not knowing. Like it was like pick up a few words like um, left and canoe, and then they would just send their partner out in the general direction of where the bag might be. And because they were so brightly colored, they could just um, spot them from like a couple of meters away. Uh, and then I agree on the puzzle. It was it was weird, very um, <laughs> homemade feel to it. The fact that um, who was it who broke pieces? One of the teams was like broke yeah. the pieces because they were so flimsy. And then yeah, I didn't like the whole I'm holding it together while the guy is checking it. Like I felt like that was. Um, shouldn't have been allowed but obviously there was no way that the puzzle was going to stand up otherwise because it was that flimsy so um yeah a little bit of a letdown uh in terms of puzzle building execution but other than that i i do think that it was it was a fairly good challenge and it was interesting the way that they split it up between the two i will say i was glad that the pieces weren't in one pile because you know if like viv and joey showed up like while Tom and Tyler were leaving, they were going to tell them exactly where the they were and stuff like that. So I'm glad yeah. we didn't get one pile of brightly colored things because they would just be like, all right, just go there, blah, blah, blah. And then Tim and Rod would have been out because they would have just told everyone and Tim and Rod would have been eliminated because they didn't get the information of where the bag was. Or, or they would have seen it and they would have been too late in the puzzle. It would have just been a mess. I, I'm glad the way that they separated it and like there was some way in the shore, way at the back, on the sides, near the the boy uh, near the canoe, like they were all split up. So I'd like that they were not together just because of this helping. We've been getting these two legs. And as expected, we get a non-elimination leg because there was a U-turn. No shock there. Yeah, I think judging by like, there was a lot of indicators with the amount of teams left, the amount of legs left, the fact, too, that it was um, uh, a Monday night, um, which mm-hmm. seems to be the theme of put the non-elimination on the Monday night so we get some resolution on the Tuesday before the um, big break before the next episode. And, um, yeah, the U-turn as well. Just, like, it's so common now that there's a U-turn. Um, it's going to be a non-elimination leg, um, which I find really frustrating given the ease of speed bumps and also particularly in this season of the amazing race australia with the questionable starting time differences between teams which we'll definitely get to on the next leg (laughs) uh like it's like it's no real penalty at all it feels to be u-turned in in this season yeah, it's a little frustrating from that perspective, but I, I mean, I've, I've both, I've really enjoyed that the teams that have been U-turned actually both managed to survive. Not only because it was not elimination, but they didn't even finish last. Yeah, both Sid and Ash and Tim and Rod, they managed to finish in like a decent position despite the fact that they had to do two challenges. 
Yeah, which I think speaks to, I feel like there's a fear of the U-turn of it's going to make the leg uninteresting and that's why kind of we're making the non-elimination to keep some of the drama for later legs or that like when teams u-turned it's automatic that they're going to go home but we've seen throughout this season both times that that's not necessarily the case and and it's not like we even had double u-turns here where those teams could then u-turn somebody else to make it like a two-team race here so I'm hoping kind of next season and moving forward that when we get a U-turn, we're not necessarily always going to get a non-elimination leg. I think um, production can be a little bit brave uh, in the future and let's have a team get eliminated on a U-turn leg. Um, yes, it sucks if it's the team that eats its U-turn, but that's part of the game. Like make some alliances, play the social game or play down your threat level to, to not be U-turn. Like there's ways to ensure you're the team who doesn't um, cop that. Yeah, but I'm glad that since it is a single U-turn that we're not getting just eliminations because that's always the worry that if it's a one person, one team getting U-turned, you know, they're just going to be out because there's no one else competing with them. Yeah, I agree. I think um, you need kind of the right combination of teams for it to work. So I think it's like it's always going to be a risk, but I'm just sick of it being automatically that like straight away you can tell that nobody's going to be going home on that leg. I think if you're um, particularly, I suppose, early U-turns, I'm fine with being non-elimination because the early ones are usually everybody arrives and they're like, oh, we choose not to U-turn and it's only really the teams at the end that are using it to say, save themselves. Um, but something here where everybody's competitive, they're, they're willing to uh, potentially U-turn like a team that's right behind them and it's near the front of the pack, then I think it's okay to like go out on a limb and make it a non-elimination leg. Uh, sorry, an elimination leg. <laughs> make it a non-elimination leg, okay. <laughs> yep, so we get a non-elimination leg. And it's not the team that's U-turn, it's the siblings. Uh, no surprise that kind of the two teams that have been struggling these last two uh, legs wasn't overly shocked. It could have been either Nick and Femi or Viv and Joey, and I would have been like, oh, wow, shock. it wouldn't have been a shock. Um, the other three teams seem pretty strong, like, and despite the fact that they may get down lower positions, they're not. They've never been in super danger to go home, really, for me. So no shock, but we get... Viv and Joey for another leg. Uh, and now we have to talk about the start times because this has been the biggest problem all season, but it's also gotten worse. And this is the worst it's been. Uh, you almost didn't catch it if you weren't paying attention, but uh, I think you were paying attention mm-hmm. when they said that <laughs> there was a two minute interval between the teams when they were starting. Uh, which I get for like maybe the first two teams because there was 10 seconds of time between Tom and Tyler and Jerem and Jasmine, but the rest of the teams were quite a far back. And on a, a non-elimination like preceding it, it's really bad when you do this to just bunch everyone back up without even you know giving them a challenge to bunch them back up. Like it's frustrating from that side. But on the other side of it, I will say the one thing that, like, I'm okay with it happening is because we've had a team that's won seven legs out of nine at this point of the race. Um, So I'm not hating the fact that they try to catch other teams up so that maybe we can get an overtake. I wonder if this was a decision that was made 
on the fly or was pre-planned or something with the the timing of when they were going to start this leg or, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, so unorganized, so messy, so classic season four of the Amazing Race Australia. But I'll let you wrap your piece. <laughs> Yeah, I've been asking all season for, for like, why can't we get, like, the start times and, like, know the gaps between teams? Like, it's the one thing that's really missing. And, like, after this, I think I would have rather remained oblivious <laughs> and, and not known than it being. We're starting the teams two minutes apart. I feel like it was just so completely unfair to the teams that done well. Um, absolutely negates the whole... Um, stress of um Viv and Joey having to do a speed bump and like being saved from elimination and like there has to be a penalty there that's like on top of the fact that you're already this far behind you have to do a speed bump instead of on top of the fact that you're only like 10 minutes behind the team that's in first we've you've actually caught up to them based on the rules that we've made up on the spot here um in my opinion, it felt like this was really engineered to help with the final task of the race um, of this leg, which we'll get to, which I think was a smart decision um, to make that really interesting and exciting with the time penalties at the end. So in that sense, like, I appreciated that everybody was close, but I think you can still have that same challenge uh, run teams from the gaps that they started at and then just like increase or decrease like the penalty time that teams are getting for incorrect questions so if we're starting them at weird times ahead and there's like an hour difference between the first team to leave and the last team to leave then just make every question like a, a 10 minute penalty or a or like a five minute or 20 minute penalty whatever like they think is going to like work out well to how far apart the teams are spread at the start of the episode so i feel like this was really engineered for that final challenge but i think Think there was ways around that with increasing the penalty times for incorrect answers yeah i just wish maybe it was a little more proportional like i get like trying to separate the first two teams a little bit because they were literally right on top of each other um but then like viv and joey who knows how far, far they were back in time wise from the first few teams you know and it really sucks for you know like tim and rod who like worked so hard to survive their u-turn and not get eliminated not even check in last and, and like they're just like bunched up to the i guess it helps because they were bunched up to the front more than they might have deserved to be but like it just it's a little unfair in terms of just like random two minutes okay good and i think there may have been an issue with timing because it seemed like the it was hard to tell like it looked like it was sunset the whole day for me like they started it looked like at sunset but then they got brighter as the day went on it this was a very weird like literal time in terms of the race like when they were filming and when they were doing things but yeah um the already the big issue we already had with this race got even worse when they put yeah. two minute times mm. yeah i agree with the whole like the the it was very hard to tell what time of day it was for like the entire leg like i was like i mean it's this sunrise it's sunset like what's happening here and i just think if you want to engineer this the teams are really close together there's other ways to do it that don't look as as bad and forced like just have a sign up for an activity board where the teams leave at five minutes intervals and and all the first two teams are on this bus and the second two teams are on this bus like there's just other ways to make it look less manufactured than okay everybody's just starting the leg two minutes apart um 
especially considering we're not getting prizes for first place victories. It's like, what's the point of even like coming towards the front of the pack at this stage? Yeah. <laughs> you come in last on an elimination, like get a two minute behind five teams ahead of you. Like it's really random. And they just picked a random leg. It just didn't seem like it was like, like if they had justified it, like, Oh, we have um, like, because of the time zone and current like time we're recording this or like filming this, like the sun's going to set very early and we need to keep the teams, you know, like in the sunlight for the final challenge or something or like they can't make, you know, they can't row the boat too early in the morning or like whatever reason they had to say, they could have just said it like fake, make a fake reason that like the beach is closing at this time because of (laughs) pollution or something or an event like just, and just like give us a fake reason. yeah i don't care just instead of Putin's like it's coming random. to town so we've we've got to shut down the beach he's following the the exact route of the amazing race australia on his on his tour uh, it just like to me as well like now i'm like has every leg been started two minutes apart like it throws up all these questions of like, was this a common thing throughout and now they've just made a note of it because people were complaining or, like, like what's the why, – why even bring it up? That's, like, yeah. you know it's going to cause issues and it feels, like, really unfair. Just, like, just don't mention that everybody's – we've seen in the other legs that teams will last – next like they catch a taxi and all of a sudden they're with the rest of the pack again so like it feels like everybody's been bunched and they've made changes to starting times um already but just to throw out everyone's starting two minutes apart like it felt really weird and just made it even more obvious and makes me question yeah have has this been a thing is this like a rule throughout the whole season where from leg two onwards everybody's been starting two minutes apart I don't. They're throwing things at us, sort of late game. You got a speed limit rule. You've got U-turn votes that are announced publicly, and it's things that are just being thrown at us last minute. That I'm not sure if we're, uh, you know, the fact checking, the credibility of it all is is working out. But I guess that's the, what we got to deal with. The speed limit rule came up like again at like some point throughout these two episodes where it was mentioned in like the taxi to the taxi driver <laughs> like make sure you don't go over the speed limit um i just yeah i agree everything's really it feels last minute and just slap on some more information to the viewers but not necessarily um in the most positive way or explain it <laughs> yeah like, what are they gonna do if the taxi goes over the speed limit like the, the cameraman's got to say, all right, you need to come to us to the pit stop so you can wait out your 15-minute penalty. <laughs> like, yeah, Because you sped, there's a reduction in the fare that the racers are going to pay you. <laughs> yeah, like, what $20 is... from their halo ring. Oh, what? You don't accept halo rings in this country in your taxi? Oh, no. Yeah, how are these people... And I think they said at some point that this was like the fourth uh, poorest nation in the world or something like that. How are they paying with like the Halo ring, uh, whatever Halo ring? Like, it's a good advertisement for it, isn't it? <laughs> that now people think that they can go to Malawi and as long as they take their Halo ring with them, they'll be able to pay for stuff. 
did they have to like get to the airport, like put their halo ring on like an ATM and get all their money? Like, so the sponsorship is just for the two seconds when they read their clue at the beginning of the leg of I'm some just, legs. I'm just imagining the teller, like they're going to pay and they're like, here you go. And they're like trying to use, and the teller's like, what is, what is this person like doing trying to like pay with their ring? Like, what is this? weird foreign technology at like at this point like you've got to think that for like in some countries it's going to be the first time they've ever seen this and like what is like this person trying to like pay with their ring for like it, it just it's it's an odd uh payment system bring back the bemo cashback elite mastercard or whatever it was <laughs> You know, some taxi drivers might have been confused and tried to take the ring, like, oh, you're paying me with a ring. And they just tried okay. to pull it off his finger. Yeah. And just like, Are we using the bartering system here? Like, what's happening? Yeah, they, they, they get a new Halo ring at the start of every episode because they've bartered away their other yeah, ring. Exactly. You've been given five Halo rings for this leg of the race. Use them wisely. Yeah, they can only take five taxis, so they have to. Try and save them as best they can. Mm. Trade your halo ring in for a paddleboard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we've developed a what better way of running this race than they have. Mm. <laughs> Let's get back to the race. We spent so much time on doing Speaking of paddleboards. <laughs> yeah, good segue. Uh, we get our first root info task. We're back to standard uh, blue tasks to start. And... This was the most confusing thing. I was lost on what they had to do. But apparently they had to paddle, and then they had to come back to shore, and then they started their next challenges. But they, but teams were capsizing left and right. Teams were going, like, miles down the shore other ways. Teams were not connected. You never saw a team actually go to the end point and start. Teams were apart. Uh, you know, Nick and others were capsizing left and right. Uh, Nick lost his paddle down the shore. Uh, we got other teams helping him try to find his paddle down the shore. You, teams couldn't put their boat in the water. You know, Viv was lost for hours. And Joey couldn't get on the boat. Like, it was just a mess. Enjoyable. There were so many fun moments to talk about with teams not knowing what to do and not being getting lost or falling overboard, teams yelling at each other. Uh, and we also got the speed bump, which I will complain was the weakest one of all. They just seem to be getting easier and easier as we go on. Like the first one was so hard. We had to do the bundles, an extra bundle of incense, which seemed hard because there was a lot to do. And then what was the second one? Oh, extra bungee jump. They had to do the second bungee jump. And this one just empty the boat with water. Like granted they couldn't tip it over like they tried to do um which i appreciated but like what if the strongest what if nick and femi got this they probably could have tipped the boat over so it like is even easier than they're supposed to be like this was just a mess an enjoyable mess but a mess <laughs> yeah i had no idea what was happening the entire time i think it, yeah it definitely felt like the speed bump was very um situational and particularly geared towards uh viv and joey because yeah like you said if this was another team maybe they would have had to bail it out a bit but you felt that they like um could have like um turned it over and tipped out the water because that's what other teams were doing when they were capsizing they had to tip their boat over and get all the water out so yeah, just odd. It felt like they should have had to like row, like paddle further, or just just something else. Like do it twice, or 
I don't know. And I just had no idea where they were meant to be going. What was the end point? Like, were they meant to be going out into the ocean? But then you had Tim and Rod with, oh, it's, it's, um, the, the secret is just to paddle like along the shore. So it like, it felt like I just didn't know like where they were meant to be paddling to. Are they paddling out or are they paddling some distance down the coast is what they were meant to be doing. It just wasn't super clear. Um, I loved the point where Tim or Rod or one of the two is just like shouting at the other one from, from the shoreline. Like, yeah, it was just chaos. And you had people who like – Jasmine, like, where was she rowing to? She just well, seemed like she was out in the middle of nowhere. The same with, like, all of a sudden Viv's taken off and Joey has no idea where she is and she's paddling out in the middle of the ocean. Um, we've talked about before, like, the moments where we need, like, a big aerial shot. Like, this was the moment for the drone camera and the markers of where the teams were and where they were meant to be ending up. There was just no rhyme or reason to what was happening and just chucked in with the two-minute different starting times. Like It was just utter uh, chaos that actually – it was really fun to watch, but I just had no idea what was happening at this point. Yeah, and teams were like, oh, we've got to row all the way down to beat the current, or and then other teams were like, no, we got to charge it head-on. And then it was just the strategies of how you were going to get to wherever they had to go. <laughs> And I wasn't sure if they had to go from one side of the lake to the other, or it was like coming straight, like they had to go out and come back, or they had to go left to go, like to loop to make like a circle or something. And then it made no sense because then when they got back to the shore or to the shore or whatever, they had to like find the boat with the clue. Like teams were like, where's the clue? And they were like lost and trying to find the clue in this random other boat. Like, so confusing. I still really enjoyed it. There were so many funny moments to talk about. It's just crazy that like none of it made sense. The the losing the paddle too, and then I'm like, why is he calling it a paddle board? Like, what was Evan? Everybody's and like, he's like, I've lost my paddle board, and like, it's like, oh, you, you paddle. <laughs> you've you've lost your paddle. Where's my paddle board? And then the. He went to a, like a vendor on the beach and was like, "Do you sell paddle boards? <laughs> like, is that allowed in the rules that that if you lose something in a task, you can just purchase it using one of your five halo rings to barter for a new paddle, which you're calling a paddle? Like, I'm expecting like the guy to like pull out an actual like stand up paddle board for him to use instead instead of a paddle at this point. That was just like." chaotic and i was laughing so hard at him at it being called a paddleboard instead of a paddle um oh just great and then team alliance again jasmine and jerome being like it's down there we saw it wash up on the beach it's down there and like oh thanks i can finally get my paddleboard back um oh just what what a challenge what what drama yeah like what was he gonna give their halo ring for the new paddleboard Oh. Yeah, do you, do you accept um, cashless payment here at your little stall on the beach on, like, the front of the lake? Yeah, this is a mess. I, I loved it. Highlight of the episode. Because <laughs> uh, the detour was not a highlight, uh, at least to me, um, which was dirty or smelly. Um, either do some laundry on the beach um, and do your best ream and lay out all the laundry on the beach and get... <laughs> Uh, sand all over it or sort 
fish, which I think was the more complicated one where they had to sort the different fishes and there were actually three varieties, but they didn't tell them that there were three different varieties and they had to sort of figure it out unless you're Tom and Tyler and decided to just tell Viv and Joey that there were three varieties and they have to figure that out and that some have this color and the some they don't have that color. Uh, that was upsetting. Uh, but we got some fun moments like Jerome and not fun, but like some conflict Jerome and Jasmine were going at it like they were yelling, go, you do this, I go do, no, I'm doing this. And then uh, other teams complaining that the, the they were clean, like the, the white shirts were harder to wash and that they were clean. And then with the fish, they were like Tom and Tyler were like losing it because they were getting like cuts from all the fish edges. And then every time they were wrong, they sort of started to lose it a little bit. And so there was some drama to it. And then you got all the race when they're like, Viv and Joey, just do this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand why teams are working together so like late in the season, particularly when it's of no advantage to one of the teams. I get like if you're ahead and another team shows up and then you agree to work together because then you're both going to get out of there sooner, but just giving away like key information like this late in the season where like you, you could, who wants to go home in like fifth place because you told somebody how to sort fish. It just felt really weird. I loved the washing challenge with all the different strategies the teams had. Nick and Femi with the whole relay race, like, I'll I'll scrub the shirt, then I chuck it to you as you're running past, and then you wash it in the ocean and bring it back. And was it Jerome and Jasmine with the um, keep the dirty side of the shirt away from the person that you're <laughs> yeah. showing the task to? Like, put the clean side closer towards her. <laughs> So it's like trick the person judging the challenge to pass it, like only wash one side of this person's shirt, which was very out of character for them with being so polite to everybody. I thought they would have been super concerned that everybody's laundry was as clean as it possibly could be. Um, But even obviously the race getting to them at this stage and politeness thrown completely out the window with their um, dirty shirt strategy here. Um, Adrian definitely would have called this cheating with only showing one side and turning the shirts around, which is against the rules. Um, yeah, just a really fun sequence. This whole lakefront sequence was just really fun from, from start to finish. And the best part about her saying, like, only show the clean side, was that she said it right in front of the judge. Right. So it's like, only show her the clean side. we got to take advantage of it. And she's like, right in front of her like so she could just be like no because you just said that uh i guess so much good stuff in the drum and jasmine are all over the place this episode and you could tell that the race is obviously getting to a lot of the teams like strategies are kind of going crazy like people are panicking a lot more they're freaking out a lot more i think i think the pressure is starting to mount and i think we're finally getting uh some of the drama we've been hoping for especially because we were worried with sid and ash being gone that we wouldn't have this drama and we have to move on to the roadblock which been a while since we've seen a roadblock we have the sandal making uh i did think it was funny tom and tyler were when they decided to when they read the clue and tyler's just like all right i'm doing it and then tom just sitting there like all right no discussion uh and then uh, the t- story that uh, Tom was telling the other team that <laughs> Tyler and his 
father and his grandfather were professional <laughs> sandal makers. Um, and then I think it was either I think it was Femi was just mm-hmm. eating it up. He's like, oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. So you guys have a leg up. Like all oh, this crap. It was just so good. And finally getting some of the personality that we've been missing from these guys. Like this is what we want and to see them actually bringing it out. It's just great. And you know, Tim, I think, cuts himself and he's bleeding all over the sandals and all over himself. Like they do a like a cut later, like a shot later on. And he's like covered in dry blood all over. Like I'm surprised it didn't get on the shoes at all. Just so much drama in these challenges. Yeah, there was a lot happening. And I think um, as much as I hated it and I will continue to complain about this two minute difference, it made for a really chaotic leg having all the teams at every challenge pretty much together um this was the real moment of of separation like amongst the leg uh the fact that like joey came in here i think he came in last as well and then he leaves first gets it on his first try everybody else is struggling yeah you have um tim cut himself and then like we get like medical in to like bandage up his hands and um Nick, like, struggling on this challenge the, like, entire time going back for so many checks. Um, It was just, yeah, chaotic and just really fun. And the story about um, Tom's, like, history of, of, like, shoemaking uh, and and the fact that, obviously, of course, it's, like, Nick and Femi who were eating up that this is a real thing. Uh, It was just, it was just really funny um, to watch and just a really difficult roadblock. And like, we haven't had many and looking at the amount that like teams have done, like it feels like there's obviously no limit or rule here into how many you can do. So we have uh, Tom and Tyler, Tom's done four, Tyler's done two, Jasmine, Jerome, Jasmine has done one roadblock. Jerome has done five. <laughs> and then <laughs> Viv, and Joey is, yet. Yeah, Viv and Joey are split. Uh, Viv's done two, Joey's done four. And then Tim and Rod, the only team keeping to the rules, who have done three each at this point. So it, to me, it feels like a letdown that there's no um, rule of having to do like, equal numbers by like the end of the race. Uh, because I feel like that's a really core mechanic that was bought in for a particular reason to stop just teams who have one dominant partner doing everything. Um, not that I doubt for a second that if Jerome and Jasmine had switched it around to doing uh, like a more even amount that they'd still be in the race, but just would be nice to see a bit more policing on this. Um, maybe it will pop up uh, just randomly at, at the end of leg 12 when Jerome and Jasmine win the race, but then they have a penalty because they've broken the rules on how many roadblocks you're meant to do each. Um yeah, fingers crossed that uh, obviously it's not a thing this season, but moving forward, if we get future seasons, that that's kind of remedied uh, and there's an even amount of participation between uh, the pair. Yeah, I didn't even pick up on the fact that there's been such an inconsistency of uh, what's been going on, but uh, hopefully we don't get that. Um, it seems to have gone away in all the seasons of the show now, but... Uh, it's always good to have at least a even-ish balance of doing the challenges because it's not been like particularly one-sided in terms of what the challenges are. It's not like particularly suited to one type of player, person, or competitor. So I'd hate to see that 
matter at the end, but. And then after the sandal making, which goes well for some, horrible for others, they've got to go to this market, the busy market, and find their clue on the loudspeaker, uh, where I thought that we got like one of the funniest moments of the episode where um, Tim and Rod find it, but then they have to try and get out to get a cab. And then I think it's Viv and Joey and uh, Tom and Tyler are just at the thing and they're like, hurry, we got to run so they don't see that we're here. And then both teams try to play it like they don't know where the clue is or they didn't know where the announcement was. And they're like, oh, I haven't seen it back there. Like, I didn't I didn't know what was going on. And they're like, oh, we didn't hear anything over here. Like, we're going to go over there now. And like, it was so funny that they're both trying to fake each other out. And then I think Tom was like, when they were trying to like clear the area, he's like, that was the least subtle way we could have cleared out this area. Like walking in a single file line together. It was just, just such a funny scene for a challenge that was meant to be like a, just a, a quick like time waster. Yeah. I feel like this was a really fun way to play the like search for your next location. Uh, normally you'll get like, it'll be like maybe like an advertisement or something with like amazing race colors. Um, and it was just nice that it was this announcement that was uh, a bit hard to understand. It was kind of in between other like announcements in the local language. It was on multiple loud speakers throughout the market too, which I thought was cool. Um, and yeah, this whole fake out scene was amazing. Props to Tim and Rod here for playing it so well that they had no idea what was happening and just the restraint they showed in sneaking out of the market when clearly every bone in their body would have been wanting to just run out of there was really well handled. It was just so good. And every every time they're like, oh, no, I didn't know what was going on. And it was just so perfect. Um and then so like the clue, the announcement telling them they had to get to Harry's bar. Um, and then oh, so Jim, at this point, also Jerome and Jasmine were just asking locals for the announcement. Like, where's the Amazing Race announcement? And they're just like not getting any results. And then <laughs> no, some people were like, mm. you go. I was going to say the other teams were just like, um, can you translate what he's saying? Despite the fact that he's like saying it in English and then uh, another language. It's just like crazy. Yeah, I think it was a moment with, I think, Tim and Rod, where they asked her, like, what does this say? And then the lady's like, it says, buy dress from from this shop. <laughs> like, good clothing. Um, I loved that moment. Just like, let's try and get some, some locals trying to get some sneaky more business by, by tricking the foreigners on what the announcement saying. Very good dresses here. Buy them. <laughs> Uh, was was really funny. I I love the sneaky local trying to promote her business. Good on her. Oh, I forgot about that. That was so good. <laughs> oh, this, this was a great like. Um, cheap dresses, only three halo rings for a single dress. Yeah, but they already spent two on the cabs. They're going to be out. Well, and then they can start selling their shoes and, and get in trouble for that. Yeah. The uh, shoe penalty, that's a, a two-hour penalty long at the pit stop. Staple of the Amazing Race Australia. Yeah. We'll hear about it next episode. <laughs> All right, so the announcement was telling them they had to get to Harry's Bar, um, where they had to take this quiz, like a two-minute time limit on the quiz, where it was like each team, or I don't know if it, each team, but like there was questions about who, what team did this or what team did that. Um, I love the one, which which team has spent the most time in a cab on leg one? 
<laughs> just like stupid stuff like who stopped them who quit the um, fast forward who switched detours who like it's just fun stuff and i think i almost wish that they didn't tell us what they got wrong until they got to the pit stop because they did say like you know blah 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 i got 12 wrong or so and so got 16 wrong or something like that i wish we kind of didn't know so that there was even more suspense uh but they just kind of take the quiz and then they move on and the, obviously the penalty for getting a question wrong was a minute penalty per answer wrong that they got total. I thought this was a really interesting mechanic that they introduced. Um, Amazing Race Australia 4 doesn't always hit it right, but when they do, I think it's really good. And this was one of the highlights of the new mechanics that we've gotten. Yeah, this was like the, I think the best kind of new invention mechanic that they've come up with. It was similar, I feel like similar vein to what they've done before where they do like the quizzes on the team members separately of like um, which team is like your best friends, who do you want to talk to after the race, who are the biggest villains, and then we... It's they the Survivor uh, yeah, episode it's, where they like answer the quizzes and stuff hmm, in the past where like one team member does it and the other one does it and they have to get the exact same answers before they can move on um but i thought this was even better the fact that they're in the same room they couldn't talk to each other they only had like, a minute to answer these questions um although it was a good point that one of the teams brought up that some of these questions like we like we weren't even there for that like how are we meant to know kind of what happened at this point which was like is an interesting thing um i suppose in future legs to think about if they bring this back um looking at like the questions too that they have like whether this is right or not on the uh, wikipedia page but some of the questions um they had one for sid and ash which team took two clues leaving a team with none and so apparently Sid and Ash did that at some point, which they didn't show in the season. And clearly, like, are they not getting a penalty for that? It's the dumpling thing, like, all over. Like, you can't just take another team's clue and not get a penalty. And, like, that wasn't even brought up. Like, they're, like, wanting to build Sid and Ash up as, like, the biggest villains ever. And they don't show a moment where they steal a clue that another team was meant to have. Um so whether that actually happened or not, or if Wikipedia is just as a random person who hates Sid Nash editing it, um, <laughs> is interesting. Um, but yeah, like the discrepancy in how well like the teams did, like Viv and Joey doing like the worst. I think it was with like thirteen wrong, and then like um, I, Tim and Rob with nine, and then Tom and Tyler with eight, and then like Nick and Femi the team who I think everybody going in is thinking, well, they've bumbled their way through everything mm-hmm. else. They're really going to struggle at this. And then I'm not sure, but I feel like they got like, was it like two wrong or, or three wrong? Like they just did so well in this. Um, yeah. I agree too, that it would have been better if we didn't know at the time and we have to kind of wait till they get to the pit stop. But I like that at the pit stop that Bo told us like, um, amongst the teams, like who um, did well and who did terrible, which was I think fairly evenly split, except for uh, Viv and Joey. Viv definitely got like nine or like eight <laughs> wrong, which is re- like there was ten questions to get that many wrong. Um, but I suppose to be fair, looking at the list, Viv and Joey were the only team who weren't an answer to any of the questions. So uh, potential disadvantage there. She didn't have something automatically that she could get right. 
but getting that many wrong um, <laughs> when, 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 like, some of them, like, who's, yeah, like you said, who spent the most time in the taxi on the first leg? Like, that's an obvious give me question. Um, I think, too, like, the stuff around which team attempted the fast forward and gave up, and then, like, the stilts and stuff, like, who used the fast forward. Like, there were some obvious things in there. So to get, like, nine wrong, I think, is actually very impressive in itself. Like, if she just randomly put teams down, she probably would have done better than maybe trying to get the answers right. What were some of the questions that – what were the full length of questions that were asked on the quiz? So according to this, we had who jumped the elevator queue in the Nam Sam Tower, which was Tom and Tyler. Test me on the questions okay. outside of that one and the one that I knew. Okay, well, the next one, which team attempted a fast forward then gave up? Tim and Rod. Correct. Who gave up the stilts for shrimp baskets in Vietnam? <laughs> That's almost the same question, Jerome and Jasmine. Correct. Uh, which team was second to arrive to build play equipment in Zimbabwe? <laughs> Getting more difficult? Uh was it that they had to do the task or like arrive to the detour? I think it's which team was like the second to get to like who to choose like the like play equipment. I don't know. Jerome and Jasmine. I, no, well, I already guessed them. I don't know if I get multiple guesses. I don't know. I don't. Okay, that's a that's a one minute penalty for you at the oh. end of the uh, episode. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it was because then it's teams are only once, so then you're not going to know further on. Uh, Which team took two clues, leaving a team with none? (laughs) It's something I clearly know from not being seen on the show. So sit and ask because you told me. That's correct. Uh, Which team took four attempts to sing their Mongolian wrestling song? Which I think was another thing that was not shown. I'm just going to guess the sisters because... I haven't said them yet. Mm-hmm. That's that's correct. Oh, uh, because to me, when I like when I'm reading that, I'm thinking Sid and Ash, but they've already been answered as as not shown, uh, leaving with two clues. Uh, which team spent the most time in a taxi in the first leg? Alana and Nico. That's correct. Who was overtaken in the last thirty seconds of the second leg? Oh, the beloved. The nuns. Yeah, fancy even bringing that up as a question. Still so too rude. soon. <laughs> and that was just geared specifically towards Nick and Femi getting it correct. <laughs> and then, who successfully stacked cups and paddled with their feet? Oh. I don't even know who's left. Um... I don't know, whatever's a two-minute penalty for me. Okay, and then last one was who nailed flyboarding in under two minutes? I don't even remember that challenge. Um, I'm just going to say the nuns again because I don't even remember who all left to pick, so. No, so you, so you have a three-minute penalty at the pit stop. Um, the team that was second to arrive to build play equipment in Zimbabwe was um, Femi and Nick. Um, which was more catering to them because the teams who didn't do the play equipment would have had no idea who was the second people to build, uh, to arrive to build play equipment. Um, Then successfully stacking cups and paddling with their feet was Rowan Armani. And then nailing flyboarding in under two minutes, the beloved Chris and Adrian. (laughs) How 
are you supposed to know that if you weren't Chris and Adrian? Even if you yeah. were Chris and Adrian, how was she supposed to know she got it in two minutes or he got it in two minutes? I think if you put this under the microscope, there were some uh, key clear issues with um, what happened. But overall, just like a great mechanic that like the, the amount of suspense we got at the end of this leg um, was, I just think, one of the highlights of the season. Yeah, great twist. Um, not sure on the, all the details of it, but bring it back, improve for the next season, and you got us on board. Mm, just do like a what what team finished in what order um, in like multiple legs or just stuff that everybody was at. At the much published U-turn vote. <laughs> or, or they could do something that something ha- like they do a group challenge early on the race or something like that or there are times where they're all bunched up like mm. or be race questions like what yeah. were the words on the dragon from earlier in the season or what was the t- province that they drove through in, in Seoul or whatever just like stuff that they would all know maybe race specific trivia that they all had to do because like you said obviously like if Tom and Tyler you know, Jasmine and Jerome and Tom and Tyler, they did fast forwards. Like, they missed large parts of the race. Like, so it, it's hard to, to give a good answer on things that they didn't do. So I think more specific to everyone would be better. And then on top of getting this quiz, they get another challenge, which seems like they're just dragging on challenges here. But they have to sing a traditional song at the bar with the band. Uh, it didn't seem to bring any challenges. We hardly saw anything, anything from it other than teams trying it in an occasional blank attempt. Uh, not much here, but it, it made it challenging because at this point, teams were stupid enough to leave their let their cabs go uh, in these remote locations. Uh, again, we saw it on Amazing Race Canada 7. Now we're seeing it again. If you're in a remote location with no cabs, don't leave it. <laughs> keep it with you and i don't get why teams keep doing this but that kind of added the drama at the end like tim and rod were stuck looking for cabs jerome and jasmine thankfully saved theirs and other teams were like trying to figure out where they could get a cab and tom and tyler's was really um on its last legs (laughs) as they could barely muster up the energy to get to the pit stop and so this really brought the drama not necessarily the challenge but it it prolonged our stay at Harry's Bar, which was fun. Yeah, I think it, it definitely tied into um, with like the teams not us knowing, but the teams not knowing what their penalties would be at the end, and then not having cabs. Like it really felt like everything was up in the air. It was hard to get a sense of how far apart the teams were and how long people had been waiting for cabs. Um, yeah, the seeing challenge itself, I think we probably could have done without and it didn't do anything to change the order. Um, so many singing challenges this season. Yeah, I feel like this was one of like the weaker ones too. Like it wasn't that like we saw some like uh, interesting dance moves from some of the teams um, and like Nick and Femi were like the fan favorites at Harry's Bar. Um, getting up there for their encore performance. But, um, yeah, did not change the order absolute uh, whatsoever. It looks like there was, like, maybe two teams that had to, like, attempt it twice. Um, but everybody else seemed to get it first go fairly easily. Um, but another one where, like, the judging wasn't super stringent. Um, but, yeah, adding to the drama just with all the cabs and, and um, yeah, 
cars on their last limbs on dirt roads and teams and running down the street trying to hail down taxis, which we never know if it's actually a taxi or just somebody who uh, wants some Halo ring payment. <laughs> yeah, they hopefully had um, a lot of rings to pay these cabs to get all the way in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but we had um, interesting sort of set up for the pit stop where the teams were checking in, like you're the first to arrive, but you'll have to wait your penalty or you'll have to wait your penalty based on what you got wrong. And Bo was really enforcing on who got what wrong and poor Viv. Uh, she got none of it right. seems like, um, I wonder what the one question she got right was. Definitely uh, something that you saw that she was there for. It probably was the, um, I didn't even. I, what, maybe they have, maybe they didn't get their clue because Sid and Ash took it, and that's yeah, what they may, knew. Maybe so, so that was the question that was aimed at them. That was there for them not being an answer to anything. Or maybe she um, knew that Alana and Nico spent the most time in a taxi in the first leg. You never know. She could have been there when Adrian did under two minutes for the the flyboarding. Yeah, maybe she got past at that point. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But other, otherwise, the teams are pretty even on what they got right and wrong. Um, but they had to wait their penalty and not knowing, you know, who was going to check in. I thought it was close in terms of who was going to check in between Tom and Tyler and Jerome and Jasmine. I thought that the the two of them had gotten in there close enough to overtake Tom and Tyler, but they just missed out. And Tom and Tyler continue their winning streak. Um and they sort of made the dramatic end of the race with between, you know, Tim and Rod and Nick and Femi dramatic because they seem to I, – I was convinced that I was like, oh, no, Nick and Femi with their, like, two-minute or three-minute penalty is going to check in in enough time and they'll be able to wait their penalty before Tim and Rod are done. I thought it was going to be close between the two of them, but it didn't seem to be that way. But I was fooled and I was in the – I was sucked in with the drama of it. Who's going to check in? Who's going to get there? The penalty's going to last and everything. So it got me. Yeah. Well, me as well. Like the the one shot that sold it was this that long shot, like down like the dirt path where the team's going to run off. And as soon as they showed that and they held it for so long, I'm like, okay, like Nick and Femi here are going to come running around the corner. Like this is it. Um, but not to be. Um, and I think kind of fair enough at this point. Um, they've been so like all over the shop with their finishing places, normally t- towards the back of the pack, getting lost every time they either self-navigate or hop in a taxi, it seems. So, um, but just a really cool, fun mechanic um, that they handled really well and really switched up the order too with Viv and Joey coming in first and then ending up checking in third. Um, so, yeah, Jer- Jasmine and Jerome hopping up a spot and then Tom and Tyler once again, uh, as you said, <laughs> finishing on top for just their, what are we at this point? Um, seventh, eighth leg win, eighth win at this point? <laughs> Eight out of ten. <laughs> And one of them was second place, like by seconds. So nearly first out of nine out of ten legs. So uh, so before we do our rankings and our preseason predictions, I want to do uh, a final four prediction because we're not going to get a chance to talk about it before the final three comes in. So let's do a final th- four prediction uh, at this point of the race. Who do you think is going to – kind of come out one, two, three, four. Um, 
I think Tom and Tyler are the team to beat, obviously. Um, and I think uh, going on Amazing Race Australia history, um, they've got that archetype behind them that they're going to win. So I'm going to put them as, as first. Um, second, I think um, Tim and Rod have kind of been uh, impressive in that U-turn leg and... Um, along with Jerome and Jasmine, really kind of challenging the boys for, for the leading spot. So I'm going to put, pop them second, uh, Jasmine and Jerome third, and then Viv and Joey. Um, I think any time kind of we get to a physio, if we get a physical challenge in the next two legs, that they're really going to kind of struggle with that. So I'm going to pop them in fourth. Um, I'm going to mostly agree with you, but I'm going to switch. I'm going to keep Tom and Tyler. We both predicted Tom and Tyler from the beginning just based on track record alone of what the Amazing Race Australia has produced. Um, and so I'm going to keep that. And I agree with you. I think Viv and Joey, I think they've really been struggling these last few legs. Uh, I think they were lucky that, or not, I mean, on their own skill, but the the shoe challenge really helped them get ahead. So I think they're unfortunately going to get eliminated, especially because they've not been making the best choices. They've been sort of at the back of the pack. They were saved by non-elimination, so... I don't think they're going to make it too far. But I'm going to switch Tim and Rod and the deadly duo on mine. Cause I just because we've had two um, episodes where they've had a foot race with Tom and Tyler. So I'm just, just because they've been so close, I'm just like foreseeing that for the future. So I'm going to put Jasmine Drome in my second, and then I'm going to put Tim and Rod in third. And A, so it's d- different from yours, too. So we don't have the same Final Four going in. But going to our preseason predictions that we made before the season started, we have to see where Nick and Femi land because they come in fifth place. Uh, let's start with Colin. Let's see where he put Nick and Femi. He put Nick and Femi in third. So he had high hopes for them. What did you say? You said that you would put Nick and Femi third. So you also agree with Colin that you had high hopes for them preseason. Uh, I said Nick and Femi would come in sixth. So I'm one off. So I get the point for this round. And our current tally is you have five points. I have three. Colin has one. Going into the final four. I have four out of the. I have all four in my top four. Uh, not in the order that I just said, but I think it is very right for points. Uh, in your top four, you have two of the teams. You have Tom and Tyler and Nick. Uh, sorry, Tom and Tyler and Tim and Rod in the top four, and then Colin has Jerome and Jasmine and Viv and Joey in his top four. So there's uh, right points for everyone. No one is completely. Um, out from getting points in the finale. I think Colin's out from winning at this point, but it's a close race between you and I. You're the you're the Tom and Tyler of this prediction race, and I'm the Jerome and Jasmine trying to sneak up. Mm, yeah, I'm con- I'm concerned going into the last week, but it was a I can always look back on the the dream run to start the season. Yeah, you were. Let's see what you had. Yeah, you got four in a row. From Alana to and Nico to Chris and Adrian, uh, you had a stumble with uh, Haley and Michaela, but then you brought it back with Sid and Ash, and now you lost it again. But I think you and I are going to get the point for the winners. Uh, it's just the rest, how the rest shake up to see how that goes. But we will see that as our, we're coming up next week on the finale, so we have a lot to look forward to. 
Uh, but for this week, we got to rate the episodes. Are you going to buy Rem Bin? Uh, vote on a U-turn about? I don't know what the other acronyms and things we could use, but uh, what are you going to do? Um, I think they're both really solid episodes. Um, I think it's. I think I feel like Leg Ten was the better of the two. Uh, leg Nine I felt was a little bit challenge heavy. Um, it had some good moments though, um, obviously with the U-turn. So Leg Nine I'm gonna rent, and then Leg ta- Leg Ten um, biggest issue obviously the two minute horrible starting difference. But I think the leg itself uh, made up for that, and I'm really impressed with the that new mechanic. Um, I'm glad that they've reinvented something at this um, point in Amazing Race history. So I'm going to buy Leg 10. All right. First week, I I think I binned both of them. Mm -hmm. The next week, I bought both of them. Then I rented both of them. Then I think I bought both of them again last week. Does that track? Yeah. Yeah. You're a big fan of last week. Yeah. so So I bought those. And I was even a bigger fan of these two episodes. So I'm going to buy both of them. I just thought, you know, despite some of the problems we talked about, like the drama of getting, having the U-turn and that scene where they're asking, who'd you U-turn? Who'd you U-turn? Like, that was great. And just seeing a team, like, survive a U-turn, I always think that's so exciting. So that was great. And then obviously this last episode was just so many funny moments and great bits that we got that it was just, it's so enjoyable. It's so fun to watch and sit through. So I'm going to buy both. Um, I wonder what will happen in my continued predict or rankings for next and final week of the Amazing Race Australia. Um, how have the ratings been for the season? Do we have any from this past week? Um, so the past week, the Monday episode was the more popular, although um, 609,000 viewers, although I only ranked 11th um, for the night. Oh. And then the Tuesday episode, which was down to 546, but rated 8th for the night. Um, so good to see that, like, um, it's kind of within the top 10 shows um, consistently, really, throughout the season. Had, a, like, a little bit of a bad stretch there in, in, in week two before we got the best episode ever in week three, which bumped it back up. Um, but then, yeah, with, like... Um, uh, 10 play and people watching it after the fact um it's it's consistently rating within um the top 10 shows so um promising to see i really hope that um we get a, a another season moving forward i think it's looking promising at this stage and i really think that the two episode uh, a week format works well and really slots in well um as a show that channel 10 can really kind of move around their schedule to just cover kind of a six-week block Hopefully we can – do we have any news on uh, season following up or no? Not as yet, but um, like fingers crossed as soon as the finale ends that um, within kind of a couple of days um, there's some sort of announcement, surely. And then also it lets in like Channel 10 – don't worry about Survivor, but for The Amazing Race, please include previous seasons as canon. And um, when you get to All-Stars, bring back the Italian sisters. Yes, we want more and more of them uh, to come. So we hope that they'll return for another season. Or just bring them back and pretend that they're new competitors who we've never seen before, because I'm fine with that as well. Yeah, yeah I'm okay with that. As long as we see them, we're good. For now, we'll have to suffice with the best bits on YouTube, but 
we can we'll dream. Uh, but that will do it for us for this week. Uh, thank you so much, Jared, for being here again for our, what, five weeks in a row of continued Amazing Race coverage? Yeah, putting, putting in the work. Others are slacking off. But um, hopefully we have a full contingent next week to uh, recap the final two episodes. Yeah, we need our Canadian back on here for all the interesting conversations that he's been missing and maybe our viewership will go up as well. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that will do it for us this week. Uh, listen to the Owls Network, whatever's going on. We'll, we'll listen, listen to it. I don't know what it is, but it's good stuff. I bet. Colin was too busy to be here. So he's doing those instead. So yeah. And that's it. And we will be back around this time next week for our finale coverage can't believe we're already through it, but we are done with the Amazing Race Australia. We'll be back next week. And yeah, thank you so much and see you at Terry's Bar. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. 